0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Logical Bible Study, the Catholic podcast where we try to take a really logical, exegetical look at the scriptures. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, and I think you'll find that these are quite familiar verses, um, but they're perhaps a little bit misunderstood. So let's have a look at the text for today's reading. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. Shoulder my yoke, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, my yoke is easy, and my burden light. Now, just prior to this, Jesus has been praying a private prayer to the Father, so it's that prayer about I thank you, Father, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, etc. So he's just been praying directly to the Father and now he transitions into speaking to the crowds and it might be on the same occasion or it might be on a different occasion, but Matthew might've put these two things together because they have an overall similar theme. Verse 28, come to me all who labor. Notice that all, it's an invitation to everyone. Who labor and are overburdened. What does it mean to be overburdened? Well, in context, it seems to refer to those who have worked spiritually to find God but have not been able to. This would particularly apply to those who are struggling in Jesus' time to bear the demands of the Pharisees. And we know from later in Matthew, the Pharisees actually made it harder for people to access God. They tie up heavy burdens and lay lay them on people's shoulders. So this metaphor of people being overburdened when they try to come to God, that does actually make sense because the Pharisees were putting spiritual blocks or burdens on people so they couldn't get to the Father. So Jesus here is basically saying, come to me and I will help you find the Father. You won't have to work anymore. So do you notice that? Often people, when they hear this passage, come to me, all who labor, they perhaps treat this as though Jesus is treating himself, you know, as the goal, as the end in himself. But in context, clearly what he means is, He's come to provide a different way for people to access the Father. That's why he says, come to me. I will show you the way to the Father. You don't have to keep working the way you have been working. Now, he's going to introduce this word, yoke. And we need to say a bit about yoke. So, Y-O-K-E, yoke. In that time, a yoke was an agricultural implement, and it was a curved beam laid across the back the neck and the shoulders and it had chains and suspension ropes at each end peasants would use them for hoisting and carrying heavy objects and some animals would use it as well so it was like a a special beam that you would put on your shoulders to help carry things notice what jesus just said come to me who are overburdened and now the next thing he's going to say is not put down all your burdens he's actually going to say put down the current burdens you have and put on this new burden so let's keep that in mind Yoke also had a second meaning in the time of Jesus, and it meant religious instruction. So, not only did it refer to physical agricultural work, it was a metaphor for religious instruction, and particularly the Old Testament commandments relating to the covenant relationship with God. So, the body of teachings, both in the Torah and in the wisdom literature that pointed the Jews towards right relationship with God, that was considered in Jesus' time to be a yoke. So all the Jews were bearing this yoke. And perhaps we could also say that Jesus has in view here the additional yoke that the Pharisees have laid on them in terms of their interpretation of how to follow the Old Testament. So Jesus now says, shoulder my yoke and learn from me. Notice he doesn't say, uh, shoulder your own yoke. It's shoulder my yoke. So that might carry the idea of Jesus and the person bearing the load together, shoulder my yoke, and learn from me. So the person watches Jesus, follows his teachings, and learns from him. That's the idea. He wants his disciples to pay close attention to him and learn from him, and in doing so, they will be led to the Father. Now, interestingly, the language Jesus uses here is really similar to a passage from the Old Testament, and it's from the book of Sirach, which not all Christians have in their Bible, but Catholics have always maintained that it's part of the Bible. So I'm going to read here from Sirach chapter 51, verses 23 to 27, and you can decide for yourself whether you think that Jesus has this passage in mind. Certainly, the Jews in Jesus' time, uh, regardless of if you think it should be in the Christian Bible or not, the Jews in Jesus' time would absolutely have been aware of this passage. So let's have a look at it. Sirach. Chapter 51, verses 23 to 27. Draw near to me, you who are untaught, and lodge in my school. Why do you say you are lacking in these things? And why are your souls very thirsty? I opened my mouth and said, get these things for yourselves without money. Put your neck under the yoke and let your souls receive instruction. It is to be found close by. See with your eyes that I have laboured little and found for myself much rest. Notice all those themes are in there about religious instruction, about souls being weary, about taking on a yoke and about finding rest. It's all in that one passage. So I do suspect that Jesus was thinking of this passage and certainly his audience would have known this passage. At least if he isn't, it does show that the Jews at the time regarded yoke to mean spiritual instruction. Verse 30, Jesus finishes by saying, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus here says, I have gentleness and humility. And of course, they are attributes which are required in order to find the father. Do you notice the connection there? I am gentle and humble in heart, says Jesus. And Jesus knows that in order for people to find the father, they also have to be gentle and humble in heart. So he's encouraging people to to copy him, to follow him. So the idea here is, imitate me and you will find the Father. It's not this idea of, come to me and you'll never have to work again and give me all your burdens and all will be okay. I mean, perhaps that's there on the spiritual sense. But on the literal sense, he's saying, take up my burden, imitate me, and in doing so, you will find the Father. He says, you'll find rest for your souls. So this is a spiritual rest. The kind of peace that we can say quiets the mind and surpasses human understanding. It encompasses this Jewish idea of shalom. Now, of course, as Christians, Jesus is not teaching they'll never experience frustration or trials, but he is saying that the burdens will become lighter and more bearable bearable with Jesus' help. In fact, the mention of rest here possibly sets up the next part of Matthew at the start of chapter 12, where... Jesus is challenged on his understanding of the Sabbath rest. So maybe Matthew is deliberately setting that up. And then he finishes by summarizing his yoke. He says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice he doesn't say my burden doesn't exist. He says, My burden is light. So Jesus says his burden or his teaching won't be effortless, but it will be much easier in a sense than the other options they have tried. In particular, what Jesus is saying is that this path will be easier to get to God than the Pharisees' instruction that they were used to. That's what Jesus is saying about his yoke. This path will lead you to the Father, and Jesus will help you do it. If we also take yoke here to mean Torah... Some have said that Jesus here is implying that he's setting up a new Torah law, as in my messianic Torah law, my messianic teaching, is a much easier burden to bear than the Torah. So it depends on how specifically Jesus is using that term, yoke. But I think this is one of these examples where it's actually really good to dig into the way words were used at that time because we learn a lot about the imagery Jesus is trying to use here. He wants people to shoulder his teaching, to shoulder his yoke in order that they might have a clearer path to the Father. So let's now turn to the Catechism to see what it has to say about these verses. So firstly, in paragraph 459, we have this brief reference to why did the word become flesh? And here's one of the reasons, according to the Catholic Church. The word became flesh to be our model of holiness. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And then the paragraph goes on from there to describe more reasons. But the one reason it mentions here, why did God take on human form, and this is important, is so that he could be our model for holiness. God himself has become our model for holiness. And we should always remember that as Catholics. That's the basic, one of the basic meanings of this text we have today. Jesus wants us to copy him. Paragraph 1658, this is about domestic churches. So in other words, families of Christians. The doors of homes, the domestic churches, and of the great family, which is the church, must be open to all of them. No one is without a family in this world. The church is a home and family for everyone, especially those who labor and are heavy laden. So here, this paragraph uh, takes a different Uh, Usage of that phrase, labor and heavy laden, in terms of people who are exhausted from life. And here the teaching is that Christian homes, domestic churches, should be open to welcoming people who are overburdened with life. And they should feel that they can uh, find rest in those homes. The last paragraph we'll look at is paragraph 1615. And this is an application you might not have thought of. It's about marriage and how yokes might apply in marriages. Paragraph 1615, this unequivocal insistence on the indissolubility of the marriage bond may have left some perplexed and could seem to be a demand too impossible to realize. However, Jesus has not placed on spouses a burden impossible to bear or too heavy, heavier than the law of Moses. By coming to restore the original order of creation disturbed by sin He himself gives the strength and grace to live marriage in the new dimension of the reign of God. It is by following Christ, renouncing themselves, and by taking up their crosses that spouses will be able to receive the original meaning of marriage and live it with the help of Christ. The grace of Christian marriage is a fruit of Christ's cross, the source of all Christian life. So here the paragraph talks about how marriage... Uh, can be a heavy burden, but it's not supposed to be. And it talks about how, for Christians, uh, the burden of marriage is easier to bear because Jesus bears the burden with us. So it's another interesting application of um, this idea of burdens and Jesus being the one that takes burdens away from us. So we'll leave it there for today, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you've learned something new from this podcast. Um, it's great to hear so many, so much good feedback from all over the world. Please keep it coming. If you've learned something new from this podcast, if you've been blessed by it, then I would love to hear from you. Just send an email to logicalbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can leave a voice message as well, and there's a link to that in the show notes. You can even ask a question. Uh, Every now and then I'll do a question and answer on this podcast. So feel free to send in a Bible question and I'll do my best to answer it. Please also consider becoming a partner of the ministry. There's lots of bonus episodes and other exclusive content available to you if you do become a financial supporter of the ministry. And that would bless our ministry a lot because it's a small ministry and it relies on your donations. So have a look at the show notes for more information. Thanks so much. Please tune in again tomorrow.